You're listening to Coffee, Politics and Buses, a podcast that aims to demystify the sometimes confusing world of Cambridgeshire politics. In this episode, councillors Alex Bulat, David Landon-Cole and me, Stephen Ferguson, try to untangle the mess by looking at the current state of local government and suggesting some possible enhancements in the wake of some future local government reorganisation. So today I'm joined again by David and Stephen. We decided after our last uh, uh, Facebook live stream that we're going to do this more regularly. We're going to chat about, to have, we're going to have a coffee chat about politics in Huntingtonshire, but also in Cambridgeshire more, more generally, depending on the story of the day. And also to speak about, to have at least a little bit of a bus conversation in every single uh, every single of those lives so whether you were speaking about um i don't know education or highways or any topic in local government we'll make sure that we'll have our bus comment of the day as well (laughs) during those live streams um so for those of you who are watching for the first time our comments about local politics in cambridgeshire i'm alex i'm one of the county councillors in cambridgeshire county council Stephen, would you like to introduce yourself so I'm also a county councillor at Cambridgeshire County Council. I'm on uh, executive council, which means I'm a cabinet member at Huntingtonshire District Council, and I'm not politically aligned, so I'm independent. All right. And David, over to you. Uh, I'm on Huntingdon Town Council. All right. So thanks both for joining. Um, yeah, I wear a number of different hats in Cambridgeshire County Council. So I'm on children, young people, I'm for on adults and health as well. So I cannot you know, ask questions about those committees. But of course, I'm very active around the topic of public transport and buses. That's why I started doing the TikToks about buses and how we actually started to do those conversations. But today we thought we'll do a different topic because we have all seen everyone who's following politics uh, in our county has seen the story stories yesterday um, and over the last week really around what happens at the combined authority and I think when speaking to people on the doorstep in my area often people don't even know and I didn't know about all the structures of local government in Cambridgeshire before I became elected in politics and before I was preparing for the campaign so it's really interesting how many people do know for example that we have in most places we have a uh, well outside Cambridge city we have a parish or town council we have the district council we have the county council and on top of that, we have the combined authority, Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, and of course, the ever-present conversation about the GCP, the Greater Cambridge Partnership as well, which affects a lot of decisions locally. Um, so first of all, before we start on digging into the news stories of this week, um, David, would you like to explain what is the combined authority for viewers who perhaps don't know about those structures and where does it sit within the various structures of local government in our county? So, uh, at the bottom of the pile, you've got town and parish councils. They're, they're the same thing. Unless you're in Cambridge City, of course. Uh, well, yeah, unless you're in the city of Cambridge, yeah, yeah, which, which isn't parished. Above that, you have district councils. Above that, you have county councils. Uh, the GCP is mixed in there. But it was felt a few years ago that there should be sort of strategic oversight or strategic body for the area. Um, originally, it was going to include... Um, Norfolk and Suffolk, but they sort of backed out. So the um, the the combined authority um, uh, 
covers um, Cambridgeshire and Peterborough. Um, Peterborough is a unitary authority, so it's just Peterborough Council. Um, the, 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 there's a directly elected mayor of um, Peterborough and Cambridgeshire, which is Dr. Nick Johnson. Um, and then there's various, it's given various sort of pots of money and and so on. So it's meant to be doing, um, or it is doing local economic growth, housing, transport stuff, skills and apprenticeships, um, uh, and and a few other things. But I think the those are the big ones. I think I'm right in saying. So the the combined authority you have um, the the directly elected mayor, then each so Peterborough city council cambridgeshire county council uh cambridge city council and then each of the districts um so huntingdonshire fenland south cams east cams each have a person on the board and there's also uh a, the the chair of the business board is on there as well so that that's the makeup of it um, I mean, the the idea originally was to to sort of devolve power and and so on. I mean, I, I I'm quite cynical about some of the motives for setting it up. I'm quite happy to go into that, but um, but yeah, that 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 that's the sort of basic basics of it. So, so, Stephen, when did you find out about all those structures? Like leaving, of course, the county for a long time. When did you find out about all those various layers of local authority? Genuinely, when I wrote a newspaper article about six months ago. Well, I understood. So when, when I was elected to district council, the combined authority became a lot clearer. Yeah, And on paper, at least, the the combined authority seems like a good way of running government, doesn't it? Because it's like it's it's local areas coming together under an elected mayor. And so if you look what's happening in, in Manchester, uh, under Andy Burnham, who's a Labour mayor, or under in the West Midlands under Andy Street, who's a Conservative mayor. Yeah, in those areas, and there's a great podcast out at the moment, which is um, the Rest is Politics Leading Edition, interviewing mm. both those guys together, and it's amazing because you can see all the good that comes out of those areas. They're both really big combined authorities. I think they have between like seventeen and twenty districts. Um, whereas our combined authority has got five districts, which almost exactly map over the county. So, so the only difference is that we have Peterborough outside Cambridgeshire County Council territory. And you know, if you go back to when uh, uh, twenty years ago, Peterborough was part of Cambridgeshire. So the problem with our combined authority, I think, is that it's not big enough. Uh, it has the additional complex, and you have all these different structures. You have some unitaries. Some, some mostly uh, what they're called tertiaries, whatever we've got, you know, district and county council rather than just a unitary. Um, and it's just not big enough. And then you have the added complication you've got the GCP thing kind of over the top of it, which is like another half a level of government, which covers some of the areas. And I, I think that we've probably got the most complicated lo local government in the country as well. And at the moment, it's really not working, despite the best intentions of some really good people. Um, and we've seen that play out in the last couple of days, I think. Yeah, I was going to like ask like what is not working because there are various topics you can speak about, but I will try a banner. Let's see, because it's the first time we are using this uh, 
uh, this software to see whether this works. Yes, perfect. What do you think mm. about local government structures? I wanted to write like local government structures are way too complex. Please mm. comment. But uh, yeah, it looks like GB News here. <laughs> so um, okay, oh, well, not not it's it's more it's more high quality. We promise debate than the GB News, but like the the graphic looks very similar to to those of those some of the shows. So I'll bring in the news story of the week, really, like in terms of like local politics. And I really, really liked this quote from uh, John Elworthy, who published this article, well, yesterday, about what was going on in the combined authority uh, when they had their meeting this week and the local transport and connectivity plan was vetoed again. Uh, so we can go into the, the context of how it was voted down last time and like what are the changes and perhaps some of the detail for those who are interested in the detail of that. Uh, but before we do that, uh, there is this uh, wonderful quote that I, I did tweet yesterday. Uh, there are lies, damned lies, and then there is the Facebook activity of Peterborough MP Paul Bristol. So who would like to explain what, you know, what is the controversy here? What actually happened this week in the combined authority meeting? So I can have a go if you like. So, so what David described earlier with the difference between unitary and and councils like Huntingdonshire is that they have different powers. So mostly across the most of kind of traditional Cambridge, not including Peterborough, the county council is a transport authority, which means they have the final say on transport decisions. Peterborough, being the unitary, has its own transport responsibilities, and so also so there's kind of an unequal partnership. So when it comes to talking about transport matters, yeah, uh, Cambridgeshire City, uh, Hunt Huntingdonshire, Fenland, and Eastcam don't have the opportunity to veto decisions. Where because they're a transportation authority, if they don't like it, then Peterborough has a, a veto. So these kind of big transportation policies have to be elected, have to be voted through by. Uh, Cambridgeshire County Council and Peterborough City Council. So what happened yesterday, I think for no really good reason, is that Peterborough City Council tried to use its veto for political gain as well. So if you look through through the uh, transportation policy they were trying to vote for, it's entirely sensible, I think. I mean, there might be some small, small controversial figures, but uh, the guy who vetoed it, who's the leader of Peterborough City Council, didn't speak in a debate and just used his veto for political Ends. And I think that's that illustrates the problem with our combined authority because it's so small that some areas have lots of power and, and the whole thing since the very – well, not since the very start, but but certainly since Nick Johnson's era has become uh, subject to kind of political hissy fits and it's being manipulated for political gain rather than everybody coming together for the good of the residents of the whole of, of Cambridgeshire and Peterborough is my view. David, what do you think about – Yesterday's news story. <laughs> the um, so let me broadly. There's been this thing going around that the um, and from some members of the Conservatives in Peterborough saying that road charging is going to be imposed in Peterborough. The only organisation that can do that is Peterborough City Council. Um, end of. And it, it, it strikes me as um, somewhat disingenuous to be going and saying, uh, oh, we, you know, they want to introduce road charging when nobody, nobody's been suggesting that. 
Um, it's a bit, bit like taxes on meat or, or seven bins. No one's been suggesting it. Um, and even if the combined authority wanted to, they can't. Um, I mean, it's the same thing that uh, some, some, I'm afraid, some conservatives in, in Peterborough have been um, uh, saying that uh, the Labour group on Peterborough City Council wants to introduce road charging. No, they don't. They've said that that's, they're not, they don't. Um, and it's unfortunate. Can, um, it, it's, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's frustrating. And, and part of it is, so the, the local government system we've got sort of basically dates back to 74. But the, that act was, was written in part before that. Sorry, before, but I think in parts before the war. So we've got we we've got this very complicated, clunky system from that, that was designed for a time that that has that is long past. Um, but also, even then, I don't think it was a very good system um, where you've got this bonkers division between responsibility. So let's say you want to build right. Um, Yesterday evening, um, Huntington Town Council's planning application panel. We were talking about an application for a development up the road. Fine. Just thinking about that one. The um, planning permission for that would be put in by, would be given by the district council. The um, highways would be put in by the county council. The buses would be sorted out by. I think the combined authority and the county council, the bus stops could be uh, could be the town council, as, you know, as well. So you, you you've got this complete, you know, th this really big mess um, where in one area services that look very similar are being provided by different organisations. I think that lack of coordination is a real problem. Um, you also so though and a few years ago there was a thing called the localism act um which brought in the general power of competence so for sort of my level town councils and parish councils can do apart from taking out a mortgage can do anything that an actual person can do basically saying look let, you know and the basic idea there is a good one you know let people innovate and so on the issue is it's led to more duplication um so you let me take St Neots where you are, Stephen, for an, as an example. Bus stops in the centre of town are by the district council, but on the outside of town are by the parish council. And I kind of think that leads to unnecessary complication that there should that there should be an organisation that is responsibility responsible for buses. Um, you know, one of the council should be responsible for it, kit and caboodle. Um, rather than having having it split across different things, so that's a particular complaint of mine. That trying to work out who's responsible for the infrastructure can be quite difficult. But the so I, I'll um, on local government. I mean, I think local government in England needs a really big rework. Anyway, um, I did some research a few years ago. It works out that there are twenty two types of council in the United Kingdom. Which it, which is, I mean, some of them are. There's only one of them, like the Isles of Scilly or the City of London. Mm. But it's quite a complicated picture, and I think I'm right in saying that in, that Cambridgeshire is the only combined authority that has three levels of local government underneath it. 
everywhere else it's the council. Um, and so I, I think that there is a good there is a good argument to have a big strategic body doing the big strategic things and then have a local council. And then I, I, mean, I actually think it's quite a good idea to have a town or a parish council for place building, whatever you, you want to call it, placemaking. Um, that may be try, me trying to justify my own existence. Um, but they, 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 generally the whole system of local government really needs looking at. But I think Cambridge is it's particularly important that that happens. So in your yeah. ideal scenario, David, you still have like kind of like three layers, so but maybe with different powers. So you still have like a parish level for like, you know, decentralized projects, like very local level decisions. You still have the, well, the, the council like as one, you know, unitary. Yeah. And then you still have like a body like the combined authority or something. Well, I, so what, what what I would, I mean, if, if it would, right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this, but. This, this, I just want to. Like, this this is. I know a little bit about it, but this is me speculating a bit, and so this is something that that need that needs quite a lot of work. That's sort of beyond my capacity to do. Ideally, I think you would. I think what my preference would be small unitaries. So you'd have you'd have small unitary authorities. Ideally, I think the in, I would want some form of regional government, so that the combined authority would be. Um, Cambridgeshire, Essex, Norfolk, Suffolk, and is is doing the, the is doing things at that scale. Uh, and then the town and parish councils are doing the very local stuff. Um, I mean, that, it also de de depends a bit. So, like in um, in Cambridge City, that would be the city council, which would really be a small unitary. Um, but that that would be, you know, it, it has that placemaking function. The thing is, I think I'm right in saying that in, in Wales, you have principal authorities, you just have the council, and then you can have a community council underneath it, but they can be set up and shut down more easily. Um, and so if an area decides, well, actually, we don't we don't think we need a, uh, a parish council, you don't have one. And I think that's quite an interesting way of doing it. So you actually have to have a sort of specific, fun, you know, it's got to be worthwhile to do. And I think it's that local stuff, that local voice, and I think that role in placemaking where town and parish councils are are useful. Stephen? My, my, my view is this. I think having, having served recently at all three levels of local government, well, not really at the combined authority, which is the next level up, but I've been mayor of St. Neitz for a few years. I'm on a cabinet at HDC. I was chair of county. For me, the most effective of those layers of local government is a district council. It's the right size. It gets stuff done. You know, it, it, it does things that people care about, like parks and bins. Towns, I like parish councils quite often because, like David said, they're quite informal uh, placemaking uh, uh, in organisations which are run by local residents. Town councils get stuck in the middle and they get drawn into these kind of district-level discussions and sometimes get too big for their boots. Yeah, and in lots of ways, um, I mean, I think St. Neitz Town Council sorted itself out recently. There's a problem with clerking in that level of, of local government as well. And there's lots of bad decisions that get taken by town councils, which probably aren't legal, but don't get enough scrutiny. Uh, county council was just too big and too unwieldy. I mean, I used to, I used to be the chair, very loyal to Cambridge County Council, but I don't understand it all. You know, it's so massive. The number of employees is huge. 
and dealing with huge problems like adult social care and highways is just it's just massive as well so for me i like the ideas of district councils coming together in kind of enhanced combined authority would be the ideal for me but i guess because i'm a double hat now and i would uh, at district and county council i'm kind of working for a confused unitary as well everything's actually my problem but they, you know like david said if you if somebody reports a, a lamppost isn't working in st Neers, there's about an equal chance it's a responsibility of the county council town council and district council and quite often nobody knows and you spend weeks trying to work it out and so the the big point is that residents don't understand even elected representatives don't understand how it all works and so it's too complicated it needs to be simplified yeah I I definitely... sorry go on david i wanted to pick up on the right size issue Thing is, Huntingdonshire feels like a you know it, it's easy to manage, more understandable. But you think you know Cambridgeshire is massive. There is something that would have to be done about the sort of economies and so on, and where some things like adult social care would go. That's a massive, expensive responsibility and morally very important. Um, but it's like it, it may be that that would have to you know you you would have to rethink where that goes, and you might need. A slight, you know, slightly larger councils. I don't know. This is the point I'm making about needing more work to work out where that goes. But the thing is, as you say, Cambridgeshire is is so big, it's unwieldy. What do you think, Alex? You're not going to get away. Well, uh, I was going to, but then, like David, wanted to add something, so I thought, like, you know, it's better to add now if it's on the same on the same point. Um, yeah, I'd only have the experience of being on, on county council, but of course I do see some of the issues at district and parishes as well, just speaking to to colleagues. And I do sit on some combined authority, various sub-bodies and sub-committees and so on, and like the ESOL stuff that we're doing. Um, I think, I mean, for me, from a resident perspective and someone who, you know, until two years ago wasn't really involved in all those structures and I definitely haven't studied it from an academic perspective. Like, I think from a resident perspective, of course, it is too complicated. It's like about how you communicate, like who, you know, who complains where, where do you get, this, you know, the stuff that you want to be done, done. But for me, I think the biggest argument for simplifying the system is actually how efficient decisions can be made. And the counter argument to that is actually the, well, more accountability but often like more layers and therefore more accountability means that big things that we actually need and we need now such as transport decisions such as like big changes in the region can't really happen quickly enough and it's why we're still stuck in a lot of debates 20 years later 30 years later because the more layers you have the more likely it is the politics of those layers will be different and nothing will be agreed that's so of course we see in the case of like you know certain decisions being vetoed because of how those structures were set up um, but uh, and it is like you know the way that you know, people have power to do that because that's exactly how it was set up. Like, you know, you do have the right to veto the, those decisions. Um, but in general, I think observing what happens across other UK regions as well, how many of the decisions that ultimately residents, even if people disagree on like a particular outcome, they just want the stuff to be done. So often you'll hear on the doorstep saying like, oh, I can't believe you guys took like 10 years to even like, decide on this. Or I can't believe like this is still coming back to decision or what, you know, what are all those politicians doing just debating this for the last 15 
15 years and nothing gets gets done. And that's often because, I mean, until recently where there was a bit more political alignment, I would say, in some parts of Cambridgeshire, like until recently, like it's very difficult to um, to square the, you know, what the city, for example, city of Cambridge wants to do in terms of their political leadership with what the county until recently wanted to do or the previous mayor uh, or, you know, like obviously involving the members of parliament in the area as well who have influence over some of the more strategic decisions. So for me, I think the argument for simplifying it comes from like people want to have decisions done more efficiently, uh, want decisions to take less time and less layers to go through. And it's so difficult to explain on the doorstep saying, you know, people ask me now like, oh, what happens to the congestion charge? And I have to say like, well, there's a board meeting on the 28th of the GCP. Uh, if anything happens there, then it goes to highways and transport, then it has to go to full council. So even taking the time to explain on the doorstep, people just switch off. And I can tell why. And I would have before I was in politics, I would be like, you know, mate, I'm not interested anymore. Like by the time you explain to me the structures of local government, I'm like, you know, will this pothole be fixed? You know, will I get the budget that I want? Like, I don't care, like how many layers it takes you to do that. Like, will I get the stuff? And I think that's probably the best argument because it's so difficult, I think, to, you know, when you disagree politically on strategic things and strategic outcomes yes there is compromise and cross-party working but ultimately on some of the big decisions it's it's really really difficult to get stuff done so so that's an important point isn't it because i think for democracy to function properly there has to be uh scrutiny especially from the electorate who have to understand what we're doing and judge us when we make the wrong decisions and all that went on yesterday at the combined authority yeah gets gets swept under the carpet because nobody understands what's going on as well and so that all this political you know game playing it which ultimately means that peterborough is going to lose out on a two hundred thousand pound electric bus terminal yeah for 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 very good reasons but you know that's the actual consequence of all this and that happens and nobody's really aware from it so aware of it and so when they go to the ballots whenever at district council county council apart from electing the mayor we don't really elect uh combined authority so district council send their members but when we go to to vote for our leaders we don't understand what their record is because nobody's engaged with it because it's too complicated and there's also not that much coverage of the combined authority there are there are a few people who who are battling away um but there there's there's not actually that much coverage of it i don't think and i don't think there's much much understanding as we as we've said of what it does and what its powers are and how it works yeah, I want to bring in a different different perspective because apart from like how efficient and how long decision making processes are taken, uh, the, the other thing I'm thinking about in terms of like one of the arguments and the arguments against as well, we can go into those as well, uh, but an argument for simplifying the structure is around like the larger like the larger the authorities are. Um, the less democratically responsible they can they can be, and it's like often you see this in conversations with the residents saying like, well, I know what my town council does, or like, oh, is this the town councillor or the town councillor or the parish council? Especially if you live in a in a you know smaller village, you think about like, okay, well, my parish council meets here, I know where they meet, I know who they are, uh, but the larger those bodies. Um, become like you know what is the gcp like who is even you know working there like what is the combined authority that's like from a public perception it becomes less at least in perception terms less democratically accountable uh, and then you have to think about like what are the implications of the structures on political participation on how likely people are to be involved in various layers of you know civic and democratic engagement from participating in consultations local authority consultations to you know registering to vote and voting for those various people doesn't make a difference if you have like four different types 
types of elections on the ballot paper compared to only having one? I don't know. That's like an academic question, I guess. Um, and also in terms of like, yeah, turnout as well. Again, like, are you more likely to, yeah, to be engaged if you have to like, mm-hmm. you know, basically decide for like four different things without really knowing like who decides on what? Because definitely when I went to the polling station before I was in politics and you vote for like, mayor like did i really know exactly like what authority does the mayor have as opposed to the county council i was voting for probably not and you know i'll be the first to admit i was an uninformed voter and you know i only got informed after like i became involved in politics and that's a problem because what you know what does democracy mean in that context if we don't even understand even you know myself didn't understand those structures and what i'm actually voting for in that in the sense of like who is responsible for what David's probably different because he's a political. You've got degrees, several degrees in politics. But I'm the same as you, Alex. Is I, you know, I voted in until I stood for election. I voted in local elections for years without understanding who any who any of the candidates were, and just ticked along silly old party political um, basis as well. And I think you know, I think that what I've tried to do at town council, district council, and county council is try and increase public understanding, which is why we're doing this now, I guess, as well. So what do you think, David, in terms of does does the size of the local authority and like its responsibilities, do you think it links with political, I guess, political participation and the perception of accountability in terms of the public perception of accountability? Um, it does. So, I mean, just to pick up what you say, I think there's an issue at the moment where you say who's responsible for buses, who's responsible for parks. I can't tell you because it's the answer of who's responsible for buses takes about 10 minutes to explain which it, which is you know that that's that's not helpful um i think there's all i think there's an issue as well with right let's say you need someone to help you with a local government problem who do you go, who do you go to uh let's say you 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 live where i am do you go to one of your four town councillors your three district councillors your county councillor um, and, and I'm sure we've all all, all, all come across this where you're, you're sort of passing things up and down and around and, oh, can, you know, uh, and, you know, so, so I'm, you know, like I said, town councillor, town is the same as a parish. I'm, you know, like at the bottom of the pile. And a lot, a lot of the emails I, I send are to district councillors and county councillors saying, can you, can, you know, can you help us with this? This is, this comes under your, your remit. Um, and, and I look like a Wally. <laughs> you know, okay, I don't mind. I look like a Wally most of the time. But, but it looks like you're buck passing as well, doesn't it? When you're not. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the yeah. thing that I hate. But, oh, you're just passing the buck. But, you but you know, and also when you get issues outside of your own division or your own ward as well, you try and pass mm-hmm. them on to your ward, their ward councillor who's not as effective as you are. That seems like buck passing as well. But ultimately, we're elected to represent an area with a set of responsibilities and you can't do all of it. You can't. I mean, I think we always try and try and, and if somebody's not helping out, we'll try and do those things. But it's um, very time intensive. Yeah. So I I find that just on Stephen's point, I find that very problematic from like, you know, like just communicating with residents because I had many, many occasions where someone contacted me who was not in my division. Mm -hmm. And you have the choice of like, do you, you know, as you should pass it on to the counselor from that division that, you know, they won't respond as quickly as you perhaps. Or if I already saw an email, I already read it, I already put the time to read the case. And I know it will take me like a few minutes to report it somewhere. Like actually, you know, it's less time consuming in a way than sending an email to the other person and being like, this is from 
your area, but this is what you should do, and it's what I do. But ultimately, in terms of efficiency, like it's better if I just so you know get on the problem and like sort it out myself and report the pothole or whatever it is. But also, that's where the politics comes into place as well. It's what you do when you have like a mixed political world and you have different layers. So, for example, if I'm in, you know, in a county ward. I'm a county councillor from a political party. So, like, I'm a Labour councillor and I have three Green Party city colleagues. And often, like, you know, unless you have, like, a ward where, like, you're all from the same party, like, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen, but, like, most of the times you work together in a team and share your casework and so on, which means that when I get, like, a city council issue, let's say someone reports, like, well, we need more bins on this, this road. Again, this is something that I would just take on myself and be like, well, I will sort out anyway because I know how to do it or basically say do the correct process saying I copy in your city councillor like I'll let your city councillor to deal with it and it's really interesting because I usually just follow like what should be done like you know who is responsible for what but I know some people are like well you know like obviously because you're still fighting elections and you want to have more stuff for your leaflets and so and just take on all this case and just do it like as yourself and I think that's not right because ultimately if you're a county councillor you should deal with county council issues and you shouldn't take like all the work for like all of the different other representatives you shouldn't do like the mayor's work and the city council or district council work and the parish council work unless you're in all of those positions like some of uh, some of you guys are but that's i think that's the best sorry sorry though the best the best argument for unitaries is that to to the residents yeah they just blame the council yeah when we've mm. just described there's th- between you know what two and four and a half depending on where you live and actually for a residence point of view it would be good wouldn't it just to blame the council a single electable authority yeah with recognizable people who represent you rather than this i think there's i calculate there's 35 different councillors represent st neats at different levels which for for a population of about thirty seven and a half thousand people is like one councillor every thousand people and it's um it's just too confusing they're not enough. I think some areas have more per a thousand population than, than what you described in San Niets. Um, But I wanted to ask as well, because we spoke about some of the arguments for in terms of like, well, obviously the public engagement, democratic accountability, like, you know, be, just simplifying the process and how, how long it takes to make a decision. Of course, the political alignment or lack thereof. What are the, some of the arguments against? So, like, I gather that you're both, like, quite for simplifying the process. But, of course, many people, like, debating those topics are quite against saying, like, well, first of all, why, you know, why fix something that's not really broken, although we can debate whether it's broken or not as a system. But also, like, an argument I find a bit stronger than, like, just let's not fix something that's not, you know, not very broken um, is it, about the fact, is about priorities, about, like, well, why should you discuss the, the topic of local government re- organization restructuring now when there's so many other issues more urgent issues to deal with and i find this like quite you know interesting sometimes in debates because people are like well you should focus on i don't know, like sorting out transport but of course those things are connected ultimately so like where do you start you know in in that sense like where do you start and what are I mean, the other arguments against that you feel are coming across on this topic so so there is a real issue there even if the even if the end result is is better reorganization takes time and money and brain space, um, you know, uh, and that that is is a cost. Like, is now the right time? Now, now is not the perfect time because you know, lo- you know, local government hasn't got any money, or you know, all the rest of it. And I think for for a reorganisation to happen, would require local would require central government to you know. I think it would need a change in the law um, to 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 happen. But I really do think that actually it, it, it's 
I, I think particularly in Cambridgeshire, the system is is dysfunctional. It's not working. Um, the other thing is it costs quite a lot of money to run all of those organisations. And that, you know, that could be, you know, the same amount of money could be used in delivering services. I do, I do want to say I'm not, I mean, there are a lot of good people working for local councils. Absolutely. Um, you know, who, who you know, who, who really do put the, you know, know what they're talking about, put the effort in and give a damn about what they're doing and are being, you know, professional. But the structures they're working in are, are you know, get in the way of, the, of them have, of being able to do their jobs effectively. That's a problem. So it's like, what, why now? It's like, okay, well, yeah. What what is it? the the best time The best time to make a, a decision is yesterday. The second best day, the best time is today. It's but, never actually. Yeah, but it's I, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I I move that we we refer this to the subcommittee on paper clips. Um, but this, there's also I think here uh, uh, an issue about democratic engagement or democratic understanding. That there's there's a proposal out at the moment um, from. Phil Rogers uh, and I think some colleagues his basically split Cambridge into into two unitaries, um, which, which you know I'm, I'm glad to be having the discussion, but I kind of think that the discussion needs to be a bit more people led or, or, or you know sort of citizen led. Um, like what what do people want? What do they think will work? I almost wonder if, like, you know, the other thing is some of these things are quite technical, and I do wonder if a citizens' assembly would be a good way to go. How should local government in uh, in the east of England work, or England generally work? Um, I mean, I have a particular bugbear that we have asymmetric devolution of powers in in England, and for various reasons that's problematic. But well, you know, maybe you know, maybe it's a project for the university, for Cambridge University, or for for Peterborough University, or for Ruskin, or something. To have a to have a you know, how do we make local government work? What do people want local government to do? And present the various issues, the various options, and so on. Um, I mean, the 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 so the campaign is is Cam's unitaries. I, I I you know, which is to have two unitary authorities for for Cambridgeshire. Um, I, I, I'm not a local government expert, but having having had a little bit, um, uh, uh, you know, just through my academic life as was uh, of exposure to some stuff around it, um, there is a problem with with democratic legitimacy. And I think there's an opportunity to get some of that back, but also you 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 I think you have to show you're working on it. So why why two unitaries? Why five? Unitaries, which is sort of what I was suggesting, and it's like I'm—I can't, you know, that—that's my gut instinct. I'm not sure I can back that up yet, properly with all, all the thing. And I don't think one person would be able to do that. But it's a big, big project to do. But I think it's—it's it, it's worth doing. The other thing is, it does—it does involve um, national government getting involved um, to to change to, to change the law. And and look, I'm not I'm not saying that this is just a conservative thing. I, I think, unfortunately, all parties would would do this. There's always going to be a temptation to to go for the system that you think is going to benefit your side. 
Parties are overrated. Um, but but the, in terms of triggers, what might cause this? Yeah, one big trigger that might cause that, and there's two possibles it might happen. Is firstly Peterborough going bust? Yeah, which is on the edge of. Yeah, that yeah. might force Westminster to get involved and force a re. Uh, local government reorganisation across Cambridgeshire and also Peterborough who are in a leadership crisis at the moment they're a minority administration who who, who I think of, they're going to vote to, uh, there's a vote of confidence for Wayne Fitzgerald their leader but there's not uh, a coalition willing to step in so there might be this vacuum of leadership which also might force Westminster to get involved so in, in, in terms of that whole reorganization it might not be too far away but in terms of um the problems with it so i think i i broadly support phil rogers ambitions but always the problem is its scale isn't it and drawing arbitrary lines on a map because i speak you know being a senior's representative we're right in the corner of cambridgeshire which means that loads of places which would naturally be part of our kind of ecosystem you know why boston barford uh julo are in bedfordshire mid beds and mm. and bedford borough so three different local authorities which makes you know coordinated planning difficult and you know how we split up Cambridgeshire into those two unitaries, I'd say that St Neitz has much more in common with South Cams than it does with Peterborough and Fenland. Yeah, I'm sure we could find commonality if we had to, but you know, we're very St Neitz is a very different place than Peterborough, and it's a very different place than Wisbeach. And so, how you draw and you split that up and draw these arbitrary lines on the map is really difficult. Which again is why I like district councils because Huntingdonshire. Uh, it feels like, you know, Ramsey, St. Ives, St. Neitz, Huntingdon feel like kind of similar places, Yaxley and Sawtree as well, where, and that's difficult is where you draw those lines. I think it's a really, really hard problem to solve. I mean, I think there's a thing there that, though, that there, I think there is an issue in Huntingdonshire that you've got the larger towns in the south of the district, St. Ives, Huntingdon, St. Neitz, and then the north of the district is you, you do have Ramsey, Sawtree, and so on. Yeah, but it is significantly more. Sorry? Yeah, Yaxley's bigger than Ramsey these days mm. as well. So, yeah. And Yaxley really? feels a bit like Peterborough as well, doesn't it? If you go there. Well, yeah, but this, but this thing, I mean, I do wonder if there, there are places near, you know. So, I mean, and, and those are discussions to be had. I mean, the other thing is there there is a value to boundaries that people know. People know what Huntingdonshire is. I mean, to an extent, people know what Cambridgeshire is, and there is a value to that. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, 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 it's a difficult one, because even, because if you go for places, like, you could, you could make a good case that uh, Huntingdon, uh, St. Ives, and St. Neots in a lot of ways, are kind of similar. They're different sizes, but market towns, you know, I mean, you, you, you've got, you know, you've got the two really nice ones and then you've got St. Neots. But, um, um, no, St. Ives is the best out of the no, three. Let's not, let's not do this now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, they're, um, but that, that that might be too small to be sensible, and and but equally, it might be that you have to do some really sort of radical stuff and and sort of do redrawing and moving things, and this starts becoming a huge, huge, complicated thing. It's like, well, maybe it would make more sense for the 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 border, because suddenly it literally runs up against the border between Cambridgeshire and Bedfordshire to move the border between Cambridgeshire and Bedfordshire, you know, ten miles towards Bedford. 
As long as, long as we're the right side of that move, as long as it's not Bedford encroaching on St. Neers, because I don't want to be part of Bedfordshire, really. Yeah, but, yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah, but, but the, you know the, what I mean? It's already happened, yeah. isn't it? Because Eaton Soken used to be part of Bedfordshire, and it's happened mm. in the past. Modern Cambridgeshire, but there's always this this, this uh, debate in St. Neers about Huntingdonshire is not a real thing. But Huntingdonshire has got a lot more history than the current count, uh, county of Cambridgeshire, which is a 1974 construct, basically, isn't it? It di didn't really exist in this form until 1974. And so there's no real history to it. So local government boundaries change all the time. So I think there's good arguments sometimes for moving yeah. them. Especially uh, compared to the mid-cams, the new mid-cams constituency uh, as well that Senniot is now in. Don't yeah, get me started on parliamentary boundaries. I but, but, but in terms of reorganisation, it does that. Surely that would be an argument for keeping St Neots along with South Cams. Is it keeps those? And I know that they don't completely map over each other, but there's a large amount of. Uh, overlay between the parliamentary boundaries and the local government boundaries and i think you know that that is possibly an argument in the future for keeping st neots uh, in the south and not part of the new uh, northern unitary that's what I, I kind of think that local government boundaries and parliamentary boundaries should match and i would i would uh, i would like to have more you know that means you would have different numbers of mp for per constituency so if it's a local government area with lots of people you might have four mps and some you might have one but i, I think that, um that that would be i'd quite i would quite like to see that um yeah, I, I agree. It's also like in terms of like it goes back into the conversation around accountability and like a lot of the issues are national issues. People, you know, I have people like emailing me saying, oh, I have this immigration case, for example, and I have to refer, of course, the local MP. And like, you know, I'm it's very clear in my area, like who represents who, but in so many areas, the boundary is yeah different and you can have like, you know, two MPs or like three MPs in an area. So actually like matching this local and national level could be quite positive. I just wanted to, before you jump in any more detailed conversation, I really need to take a bus in five minutes. Like otherwise I won't get to St. Ives uh, on time for my meeting at 10.30. So I have to you had to get buses in, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. the last moment. I, I, have, I have to leave two hours before, but like, yeah, I, I'm moving closer soon. So like, that's really exciting. Uh, but um, I wanted to just read a couple of comments because they're really interesting before before I leave it. And like, feel free to carry on and just debate the boundaries and the parliamentary boundaries if you if you want to. Uh, there is a comment on Twitter that I really like. It made me, made me smile because uh, Glennis is saying, I cannot believe that you're doing this at 7.50 a.m., I have to say, Glennis, we start at 7.30 a.m. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's also your fault, Alex, for being busy as well. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's my fault. It takes me two hours instead of like a 25-minute drive. So, um, uh, you know, because I have to use the buses. Um, and then also some interesting comments from, from Lewis here that actually appear on our screen uh, saying... Um, happy to contribute to a further discussion group. Of course, Lewis Herbert uh, was the leader of Cambridge City Council and very involved in some of those conversations. So thank you very much for all your input, Lewis, as well. And we'll definitely be in touch. Maybe we can invite you on some one well, of our future bus discussions as well. I'd here. love to have some guests on here. So we'd love to talk to the Anthony Carpens, you know, Lewis's, the the Phil Rogers, you know, even the Lucy Ness singers, Nick Johnson, Steve Counts maybe as well. It'd be good to have other voices on here, wouldn't it? Yeah. To challenge us as well. 
Well, okay then. Uh, do you have any other final thoughts? I just realized that actually the, the live stream is on my end of the screen. So if I end the live stream, you can't carry on chatting about it. So. <laughs> I think I think this is a good a good length as well, and it's been, yeah. it's been lovely. And I think we should do it more regularly. Yeah, yeah. we should do those like kind of forty five minutes bus talk at seven thirty a.m. That's my favorite time. Actually, we can try six thirty a.m. next time. So I can we need to do it on the bus time. one week, shall we? We can do it from our phones on the bus, and we can. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Although, although when the bus gets outside of Cambridge City, like there's a section where like the yeah, it's not really well connected, so like the live stream may not work. But we can try definitely. Um, so, all right, thank you both. Um, have a good rest of your commute on the bus or the train, or hopefully you arrive I'm, by I'm, now. I'm about, uh, I'm about to get the bus into 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 the center of Huntingdon. Well, good luck with that. I'm about to get the number, bus number one or three, and then the busway A, which is my favorite one because it goes straight to St. Ives and it's the best place ever there. So, like, I really look at it. And I'm sure we'll see on there. TikTok, we'll see every element of your <laughs> intense detail. All right, then. Well, thank you both and have, have a good day. That's the end of the first episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you'd like to interact with us in real time as we broadcast these live, you can follow our Councillor Facebook pages, uh, which we broadcast live to, also on YouTube, LinkedIn, and lots of other platforms. See you next time.